Hello, and welcome back to the Dental Download Podcast. Today, I'm going to be bringing you kind of a solo episode, but I'm joined by my roommate, Amanda, and we're both D1s at the University of Michigan School of Dentistry, if you didn't know that. We had a summer term, and then now we're in our fall term, so we're kind of going over our fall term, what the schedule looks like, hard classes, favorite classes, classes that seem the most useful. And then Amanda also talks about her pre-dental journey a little bit. I asked you guys on Instagram if you had any questions for her because she was an RA. She did a bunch of cool pre-dental programs and she worked during undergrad. So we kind of just had like different journeys of getting into dental school. So I wanted to bring her on to have her perspective about pre-dental topics. So we do talk about that a little bit as well. It's kind of a half and half episode, but I did just want to pop on and say hi before we get started. And I'm not really going to give too much of a recap of like what's happening because that's kind of what the whole first half of the episode is. But one thing we didn't touch on in the episode is that we started waxing this week after we had filmed that episode. And it was interesting. You use wax to build up the anatomy of a tooth and you try to make it look identical to what a normal tooth would look like. And the reasoning of that is so you learn the anatomy better and so that you build up your hand skills. It doesn't actually translate into any procedure that you would do on a patient per se. So that's why it's a little frustrating to be doing it completely at home. We don't even have like a flame. So I'm using like a candle then I'm like putting my instrument in and out of that flame to like heat it up. So it's kind of silly, but I think overall it'll be beneficial. And it's just interesting to see how they're trying to make do with everything that we have going on. I know we're in SimLab more hours than they usually would be at like week to week, but we have a lot less weeks in SimLab because we're stopping right at Thanksgiving, whereas before the students were able to go in and drill on the little, like, I forget what it's called, the little, like, dentiform or something is maybe what it is, just the little block that you get to practice drilling on before you practice on the fake teeth. So we didn't even get to do that our first day. They're like, okay, go ahead, drill. So we were drilling on teeth and kind of, like, running through them because we were doing pretty bad at first, but we don't have enough time and hours to start just like practicing. You have to get right into the real thing. So there's pros and cons to it. And I feel like the faculty has been super supportive and all the instructors in SimLab have been really helpful. It's just a little tricky as to having and feeling confident and getting the skills up without as much repetition as I would personally like to have. But we still have three more class sessions in SimLab until our practical. So in a couple weeks, I'll be able to update you guys about how the practical went in another intro. But I did want to also share some motivation for you guys this week, and then we'll get right into the main episode. So I don't know if you guys follow my personal like Instagram, not the podcast one. It's just my name, Haley Schultz underscore YT. But I share a ton of like inspirational graphics on there. So today's motivation is taken from one of those. I love following all the cute little graphics accounts that do different text posts, but this one said, learn to rest, not to quit. And I thought that was really short and sweet, but it had a really nice like underlying message that it's really important to have that balance in your life that I've touched on so many times about resting, but also to rest with like a good mindset and to like fully embrace your resting, but also to know that you're going to get back into whatever the grind is that you're doing and that you don't need to just like stop and give up. Like 
you can rest and then get back to it and be just as productive, if not more productive. I think a lot of times when I get in the flow of working, I think that I just need to keep going, keep going, keep going until I'm like totally ready for the exam or whatever. But you could just take an evening off if you plan that you're setting out long enough in advance and everything and then get back to it the next day more refreshed after having a rest. Like you don't need to just completely quit, completely stop. And that's kind of one of the ways I took that. I feel like you could take that quote in a bunch of different ways, but I really liked that one. So I wanted to leave that message with you guys. Learn to rest, not to quit. And on that, we're going to get into the main episode with Amanda and I. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, everyone, we have a guest today, my first in-person guest. I've always been doing them over Zoom, but I'm here with my roommate, Amanda. She's one of my classmates at the University of Michigan. We're both D1s, so we're going to go through a quick update of what our fall semester is looking like and then also ask Amanda some questions about her pre-dental journey and any advice that she has for you all. Okay, so I just want to quickly refresh on which classes we're taking if you missed the episode where I read them off, but we're in 11 or 12 classes. It's 23 credits. We have Applied Biomaterials 1, which we took the first half of that over the summer. We're in Oral Facial Complex in Health 2. And then we have Intro to Clinical Skills, which is like our simulation lab class, our pre-clinic class. And then we have Behavioral Science, Clinical Foundations 1, dental anatomy and occlusion and then we have comprehensive care clinic which is like teaching us how to do patient charts and that kind of stuff and hopefully we'll get to be assisting a little bit if they have enough n95 masks for us and then we have a class about our pathways program which is something a little bit unique to university of michigan and then we have cmb or cell and molecular biology that's one of the biggest and like toughest classes this term then we have oral health promotion system and policy. That one hasn't started yet. It kind of picks up like mid-semester for us. And then we have cariology, which is teaching us about dental caries. And then finally, we have infection and immunity, which is our other kind of tough science-based class. So I just wanted to get kind of Amanda's opinion on which classes are maybe her favorites and which are challenging. So Amanda, what do you think? So I would definitely have to say one of my favorite ones would probably be Dent 519 or our like clinical foundations, the one where we go into sim lab. It's probably definitely the hardest one too because we're finally like being able to apply our hand skills and drill. So that's definitely brand new because over the summer we were just taking didactic courses, but it feels really good to finally be in clinic and practicing all of that. Another one that I'm kind of really excited about and interested in would be cariology, just kind of studying the different cavities, being able to classify them and identify them. I find that very interesting, and obviously as dentists, we have to be able to do that. So those are the probably two biggest classes I'm excited for. Um, But I agree. I think cell molecular biology is a tougher one this semester, along with um, immunology for me, um, because I've never took that in undergrad, the immunology course. So those would be the tougher ones. I'm definitely studying for a lot more. 
Yeah, I definitely second that the karyology class has been super interesting and the professor's doing a really great job of just like the way that they're delivering the class format. We have the lectures to watch, but then during our live Zoom sessions, she has questions prepared for us that are a really good way to test our knowledge versus some professors are just like hopping on a Zoom and just sit there and have you ask questions, which I understand is like our own responsibility. But I do like when we get practice materials to help prepare us for our assessments. So that's been helpful that some teachers do do that with it being online because of COVID. I don't think I explained this, that we're online any like coursework and then in the sim lab we get to go in person and we're divided in half amanda and i are actually in different halves i'm in the odd group she's in the even group so we go on different days of the week and at different times but other than that all of our classes are online and because of that most of them are flipped classrooms instead of just like a real lecture where the professor speaks for two hours you take notes then you go home and study it now it's a pre-recorded lecture and you kind of are pausing it as you go and taking notes and then sometimes they have live zoom sessions where you get to ask them questions but usually Michigan doesn't use the flip classroom style it's just kind of the way that you have to do online classes honestly so it hasn't been ideal but I think that a lot of the classes have kind of blended some like content overlap, I guess. Like we've learned about like remineralization and enamel in biomaterials, in cell molecular biology, in karyology, and um, today in our oral facial function class. So things are kind of overlapping for like the really key concepts, and it's good to see how they apply in like all different like levels of science, I guess. So Amanda was just saying that she actually kind of likes the flip classroom, which is different than me. Yeah, so I don't know, maybe I'm weird, but I kind of like the flipped classroom only because how you can go at your own pace, which is really nice. And I like how the professor will like have some practice questions for you after you've watched uh, the pre-recorded lecture. And sometimes I don't know what I don't know, so I can kind of gauge it better with questions that they're asking. And also I can ask some of the questions I have um, during that synchronous session online. So I kind of like it better, but again, maybe I'm just weird. <laughs> yeah, and we also like were D1s. We had a summer term that was totally online, and now we're like partially in person, partially online. So we've never had normal dental school. So we don't really have anything to compare it to other than like our undergrad experiences. And speaking of that, I wanted to kind of touch on if we felt like undergrad has been like preparing us at all for these dental classes. I know I was a bio major, so like I took an immunology class in undergrad, but like you don't take a karyology type class. And like I took biology one and two, but so far that hasn't really been applicable to what we're learning in our cell and molecular biology class right now. Do you feel like any of your classes from undergrad like helped or were they kind of different? I know you weren't the same major as me. Right. So I was a nutritional science major. And although you can take electives, I never did immunology, which is basically what we're doing now. So it's kind of new to me. Um, I like yes and no. That's a tough question. I do feel somewhat prepared, but like again, like you said, our cell and molecular bio, we're not talking about the same like cell and molecular bio you take in undergrad because we're talking about more of it like how it's relating to dentistry and um, the different like minerals and teeth. And so it's definitely related more to dentistry. I guess overall, I'd say like again, yes and no. So <laughs> that's kind of a hard question. Yeah, like you're prepared because they were prerequisites and you took them and you got accepted and everything, but obviously it's going to be new material, which is why we need to be here learning it in the first place. Exactly. I don't think it's a lot tougher. It's just very different. So it's kind of like the first time I'm learning or hearing about it. So in that aspect. Yeah. And how do you feel like you're managing, like keeping up with 
23 credits and like the coursework. We're only like a week and a half into school just for reference. Uh, Definitely using Slack and um, setting reminders for myself on my phone. I put all the big due dates and exams and case studies that we have as an alert system. So I'm like alerted ahead of time when it's due, but definitely every day I start off with making a list of what I want to accomplish today and the rest of the days this week. And I've been a lot um, better about being okay with not finishing everything I have to in one day. I'll just push it on to the next day and be conscious of, okay, now I may need to wake up a little earlier or stay up a little later, but I'll get it done. It'll be okay. And just prioritizing. So making sure like if we have a synchronous Zoom session on karyology on Friday, I need to have all those pre-recorded lectures done by Friday in the morning. So I'll prioritize that versus something that I might have to do Friday evening or the following Monday. Yeah, definitely. And I think what's funny is like, like I said, we did a summer term already and we didn't live together. Then we were both like at our parents. I feel like Amanda was like always doing school, like sunrise to sunset, (laughs) whereas like I wasn't probably doing enough. And I think since starting fall term with just having more going on, more credits, but then also like having the opportunity to like safely meet our classmates, like getting more involved in clubs, like I think we're both finding a balance, but we're coming from different ends of the spectrum. Like I'm doing a little bit more than I did. And I think Amanda's learning to like chill out when she needs to and like give herself breaks and everything. So I feel like it's been good for us so far. Oh, I completely agree. I think I did too much in the summer. I mean, I was really like stressed out, I think, just because, oh, finally dental school. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hear it's so hard, which don't get me wrong. It is tough. But I was not giving myself enough breaks. Like anytime I was in the car, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to study. So I'd need someone else to drive so I could sit and study. And like, I don't know, it's crazy. Like we go out boating one day. I'm like, I need to bring my notes so I can like study. Like I would not enjoy my time almost. So I'm trying to be like better of like, it's okay to relax. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to not finish everything you have to that day. So I'm definitely getting better about that. Yeah, and it makes you more productive in the time that you do give yourself to study because if you're like, oh, I have plans at 8 tonight, like you're actually going to finish your assignment versus maybe not even starting it till 9 p.m. because you're just like watching Netflix or like playing on your phone. So it's good to like have more structure and like plan to give yourself like fun time or break time. So I feel like that's really all we have to say like on fall term so far. Honestly, it is still pretty early. SimLab has been so much fun. We've only just started doing class one amalgam preps, and then we're going to do the restorations as our next unit. So we have our practical for that in about two weeks, I think. So that's going to be really interesting. It's kind of like throwing you into the deep end situation. They just kind of say like, okay, go ahead, drill. And like they have examples up front, but you're really kind of learning what works for you. And they have row instructors there to help you, but obviously they can't be there helping you every step of the way because they have to attend to like all the students. So SimLab has been interesting, but I think it's been a lot of fun. Like we're finally getting to like drill and do what we want to do. So for me, that's been like such a highlight of D1 fall so far. Do you have anything else you want to add about classes or... I feel like you kind of summed it up. I'm super excited about being in SimLab finally. Um, A big tip is like make sure you do the lectures beforehand or if you know we're doing like a class one amalgam preps, review the lecture and stuff so you remember like, oh, how am I supposed to prep this? What are the margins supposed to look like? So that's a big thing. But like you said, kind of every other class is didactic and just got to study and prepare for it. And SimLab's kind of like the exciting, fun stuff right now. 
Yeah, and definitely coming into SimLab with, like, a little note sheet, whether you like to write it out or, like, type it on your phone or on an iPad or something, like, having pictures of what you're supposed to do, but also having notes of, like, this is how deep things are supposed to be, like, these are the different burrs I should use, or even, like, putting on the rubber dam, I made, like, a long list in my phone of, like, what steps to follow and stuff, just because, like, everything is really new to you, and I think the biggest disservice you can do to yourself is just showing up to SimLab with no idea of what you're supposed to do that day, like, the more prep you do, the more productive your time will be there and especially in like COVID times when we are limited usually dental school you can go in whenever you want to practice extra but now we can't we just have our set class hours which for us is six hours a week so you really need to make the most of it and you don't want to spend that time like scrolling through lecture slides like you want to know what you're doing start getting set up like as soon as you get there so I feel like that's like our biggest sim lab advice <laughs> as we're learning right now. But um, I did want to now just get into like everything about Amanda because I feel like we have kind of different like pre-dental experiences and she has a little bit of a different perspective, I guess, to share on everything. And I thought that could be helpful for any pre-dental listeners, but just a little background. We went to Michigan State together. We were both in the Lyman Briggs College, which is like a health science college, and we So we lived in the same residence hall because it's a residential college where like anyone that's in that program lives there their freshman year and then you have the option to move off campus if you want to. But Amanda actually stayed all four years because she was an RA, so we're going to get into that a little bit later. But we met at like pre-dental club and we were kind of like school friends and then throughout like end of junior year, senior year, and we were going through the application process. We talked more, hung out more. And once we both found out that we were going to Michigan, we knew we'd like want to live together. So we found a two bedroom apartment together and that's where we're living now. But first I want to know like, how is the adjustment living in an apartment compared to being in the dorms for so many years? Oh my gosh, I love it. (laughs) It's a big change because in the dorms, I mean, you have one room that's like a little bit bigger, I guess. And then you have you share a bathroom, at least in the dorm I stayed in. So now having my apartment, like, who knew 750 square feet would be, like, so big. To some people, that's small, but I think that's, like, huge. Like, wow, look at all this space. Like, having a living room is so nice just so I can study out here if I want to or I can just hang out out here. I can go in my room and either study or just sleep. So, like, in the dorms, you kind of study right where you sleep, like, right next to your bed. So it's nice just having that, like, different space Also, being able to have your own kitchen and being able to cook for yourself is just so much nicer, too. So, honestly, this adjustment's been really smooth and easy, and I love it. Yeah, and you did graduate. So, I graduated this past spring of 2020, and Amanda graduated in the fall 2019. So, you were at home for, like, almost, like, half a year. Yeah, so I graduated just, like, a semester early, and my plan was to obviously live at home, but... um, kind of travel and you know do fun things before dental school because I knew once dental school started it was going to get super busy and there was gonna be a lot to do so I want to kind of have like a chill time but of course due to COVID-19 um that didn't happen but it was still nice just to be home and like be with family and not have to do schoolwork all the time basically yeah and another thing I was curious about How were you able to manage graduating early? Did you take extra credits? Did you come in with credits? Like, my high school really only had, like, a couple AP classes, and we didn't have dual enrollment, so, like, I came in with zero college credits. So what was your situation? So I'll be honest. I took AP classes, but I only took two AP tests, and I didn't pass either of them, so I didn't get the credits. But what I did was my college, or, I mean, my high school had a dual and. 
dual enrollment. Yeah, dual yeah. enrollment program. So I got to go to a community college and take some sociology classes. So I really only came in with six sociology credits, which isn't a ton, but it, they counted, which is good. And then I also took summer classes. Not a ton. I think I only took at most ever two or three. So somehow I, it just added up that you could graduate early. Yeah, That's I got cool. exactly 120 credits. Maybe it was 121. So I didn't graduate with like 130 or anything like really extra. I just got the requirement. I got out, I guess. So earlier you did mention that you were a human nutrition major. Can you talk a little bit about like why you chose your major, how you liked it? Sure. I was going into college. I at first had no idea what I wanted to specifically major in. I always knew dentistry at the end, but what did I want to major in? I kind of looked through the Lyman Briggs requirements and I stumbled upon nutritional science major And there was more of a concentration in biomedical and molecular nutrition, which really all that kind of meant to me, I think, was I just have to take more science classes because there were two other concentrations. I think it was like public health nutrition and like global nutrition or something. And that was more like statistic based and population. And mine was more sciencey. So I talked to a upperclassman at the time. She was my chemistry TA and she was a nutritional science major. I just talked to her. She told me like how she really loved it, some of the classes she got to take, and I just kind of went out on a limb, and I picked it, and I actually really liked it. Do you, were there any classes you took that you feel like kind of were applicable to dentistry in any way? Like, I feel like nutrition does tie in, and like diet ties in a lot to dentistry and like caries and stuff. They probably didn't maybe teach you about it, but. Oh, absolutely. They never went specifically into dentistry. They really kind of just focused on maybe different like food groups or like the metabolism of certain foods or minerals and stuff. So never specifically about dentistry, but I can see how nutritional science like is obviously so important in dentistry due to obviously diets and foods. So that I would say, yeah, it did help me kind of prepare or at least have like some background knowledge kind of. I'm like, oh yeah, that's important because of this and this and this. And it's actually crazy. I had a food science lab I had to take And it kind of relates a little bit to the class we're taking now, cell and molecular biology, with um, having having to deal with, like, KSPs and QSP and titration curves. And I know that sounds just all boring, but, like, we did that in our food science class, and I kind of have a better understanding now how it's applying to one of the classes that we're taking when they're talking about calcium high... Calcium hydroxy (laughs) Yes, that word. That thing, yes. Yes, that's important. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely get that. And next thing I wanted to talk about was your work as an RA. So I know some people are really interested in that, mainly for like the perk that you get your room and board covered working as a resident advisor. So can you talk a little bit first about like why you decided to do it? How was the application? And then we can talk about like your actual experience doing it. Oh, for sure. So One of the reasons why I wanted to do it, well, I first had no idea I wanted to do it, but my older sister was an RA at Michigan State, and I kind of talked to her about it and kind of like, oh, what does it all entail? What do you have to do? What are the benefits? What are the cons? And I had like long conversations with her, and she kind of like talked me through it. And in my eyes, I saw a bunch of pros. And so I ended up then reaching out to other RAs and what we call them were ACDs, so assistant community directors. They're just kind of like the bosses ahead of us or above us. And we kind of 
talk to them about the process more and the application. And it was kind of like a long, well, it wasn't too long of an application, just applied online. Then you had like a two hour interview process. And then you've kind of found out like a month after that. But one of the reasons why I wanted to do it was you could engage in your community a lot more. So you got to meet new people with different backgrounds, experiences. So you could like honestly build friendships with your residents and you could also build like diverse and inclusive communities on your floor and each floor is kind of different so just being able to create that for my residents was awesome especially since the majority of them were freshmen so coming into like a new campus new environment new state for some of them it's kind of a big deal so just helping them transition is awesome because I knew when I came to state I didn't know too many people from my high school who went but I had an older sister here, so she kind of helped me transition, which was nice. So kind of being able to be like that bigger sibling, quote unquote, for someone else was awesome. So that's kind of why I chose it. Some tips for people applying is first of all, like make sure you kind of like engaging obviously with others and your community and stuff because you're gonna have to do that constantly as an RA it's like an ongoing job kind of never like had a clock in really or anything unless you were on duty for the night. Um, but other than that, it's kind of an, an ongoing process. When a resident has a problem or wants to talk to you about something, they just kind of reach out to you, and it could be at, like, 4 in the morning. It could be, like, 2 in the afternoon, whenever it is. So it's always, like, an ongoing job. I would recommend it for people who, like, may be interested, like, maybe talk to other RAs or people um, kind of, like, who know more about the job just because, I mean, it will look great on an application if you're applying to dental school, but I think it has so many, like, other benefits like during my interview process, whenever I was asked a question, I could almost always relate it back to done. I mean, to the RA position, like, oh, because I encountered that as an RA, like you learn so much just like verbal communication versus like um, emails with all your residents, your other RAs, your bosses, like the communication was like, it like helped my communication a ton, basically. Same with just being able to um, learn and facilitate tough conversations between residents or mediate tense situations or to help someone going through a crisis and like how to act in protocol situation. Like there was almost always a situation I could relate it back to like my interview and like being an RA. So, I mean, just so many like valuable life skills. Sorry, that was like super long. I don't know how in depth I should have went with that. No, but. that was good. I get questions a lot about being an RA because people even in dental school, sometimes live in the graduate halls and work as RAs. So people just always want to know, like, and honestly, any way to, like, save money in school, people are always asking me. And, like, yes, this is a good way to save money, but, like, you have to kind of be the right fit for it. And, like, I think a lot of different people can be a good RA, but you still need, like, certain qualities, like you said, like, that you want to help people, that you're actually going to care, and that you're, like, willing to learn and willing to work with people and, like, comfortable engaging in like conflict or at least willing to get comfortable right and like I think like at least being able to prioritize or be kind of organized is super important because on my floor I had 50 residents and that's a lot of people to communicate with and like I had to have like one-on-one conversations with them just to kind of meet them so just to like remember their names and like you know unique things about them like it's a lot to remember and like you really have to make sure you're staying on top of everything else too because the job was a lot in itself and then just having all your school work like it's a lot to handle and keeping track of everything while like being on the pre-dental track still so trying to have high grades and involvement and club commitments 
Yeah, that literally is like my next question. <laughs> so I was wondering how you managed everything because you also had like another like income base, like a job at a restaurant while doing the classes and being the RA and being in pre-dental club. So how did you kind of prioritize everything? How did you make it all work in your schedule? For sure. So it was a lot on my plate. I'm not going to lie. Well, and I always go back to it. I always made a list of like things I want done that day, things I have to do, can do, or just anything. I would make a list. And I loved it when I get to like cross off my list. So I would just sit down and go at it. Like I would put my phone in another room or turn it off sometimes if I had to, just so I could focus on my schoolwork. And then me being super busy also like kind of made me more productive in a weird way. Cause I knew I'm like, okay, five o'clock I have to go to work. I'll probably be working from five to 11. And then I got to get up early the next day. Cause I have this in this class. And then I'm on duty at seven to seven the next day. So it really made me get things done ahead of time almost. Or if I was behind, I would just sometimes, like, my work was really accommodating to my schoolwork, so I would let my boss know, hey, like, I can't come in, or I have a test coming up next week, like, can I not be scheduled, or I would switch with a friend, so it wasn't too bad. I don't think I was spread thin at all, because I personally love staying busy, so if I'm, like, busy, I have something to do, I, like, I feel great, I'm very functional. If I have, like, too much free time, I almost don't even know what to do. I'm like, do I watch Netflix? Do I go on a walk? Do I hang out with my friend? Like... Yeah, I think we're probably both similar in that way. I go a little crazy with too much free time. I don't like it. It's a weird feeling. So I, I like- almost feel bad. I'm like, maybe I should be doing something right now. But again, like I said earlier, I'm trying to learn to be better. Like, it's okay to have free time. Like, go on a walk, watch Netflix, sleep mm-hmm. for two hours if you need a nap. So Yeah, definitely. I think that was a really good answer. Thanks. So... People probably also wanted to know about some like actual pre-dental specific things. And one thing that Amanda did that was pretty cool experience is called the Summer Enrichment Program. And those are have different names at some schools, but they're at a lot of dental schools all around the country where you have the opportunity to come in. And they're all, I guess, different. So I'll let her explain it. But basically, that was a really cool experience. So can you tell us about it? Absolutely. So I started my application early and I applied to the University of Detroit. Mercy Summer Enrichment Program, also known as SEP. I'm sure if you Google it or go to their website, you can find a link or a tab right to it. Not that hard to find. I think I opened it back in November when I was trying to get into the program, and it was due by March. So they gave you a few months to do it, which was good because you like need letters of recommendation. So I had to like find professors that might write me one. I had to make sure. I was qualified to do it. They have like certain requirements. Um, Some of them like with GPA or classes you've taken and just like background information on you too. And so we found out in March if we were selected or not. And I was. So that meant the summer going into my junior year of college was when I did the program. It was five weeks long. It was in Detroit. And so what we'd basically do was we'd be at the dental school from eight in the morning until about 5 p.m., We were studying for the DAT. At the time, I had not taken my DAT, so it was perfect because it's kind of like a DAT prep course. We took a Kaplan course in the morning, usually for a couple of hours, like three or four. We'd have study time in the library, one or two hours for ourselves. Then sometimes in the afternoon, we'd have like cultural seminars. So like we'd have different speakers kind of from the dental school come in and talk about um, just various things going on in the dental school, kind of learning more about Detroit Mercy specifically and the field of dentistry more generally also. Then they would um, take us back. We'd stay at UDM's campus um, 
And so we'd shuttle back, probably get back around 5.30, and I would just continue studying for my DAT. So I'd probably study kind of from like 6 to 10 or 6 to 11, and then same thing in the morning, you woke up, went back to the dental school, and each day was a little different. A cool thing they had, so there was 20 people in the program, including myself, and on the weekends, it would kind of show us more of Detroit, so I remember one day, we all went on a bike ride together. Um, the next weekend, we ended up going to a museum together, and like the river walk or the waterfront, I mean, like in Detroit, so they kind of like did social activities for us too, because There was a lot of individuals from different states. I remember like Georgia and Alabama and obviously more students from Michigan too. So it was really neat way to meet other pre-dentals literally across the country and be able to connect with them while also like just learning more about dentistry and preparing for the DAT. I found the experience to be like super valuable. I learned so many Um, more things about dentistry. Just it helped me to prepare for my DAT. It helped me meet new individuals and about Detroit Mercy and just make more connections that way. So I thought it was a great experience. And if you're able to apply, you definitely should. Uh, Each school does have a different program and their requirements are probably a little different. I do know they're pretty competitive programs. So make sure you do get good letters of recommendations when you are asking for them. I think I only needed two or three. And I think there was a personal statement I also had to submit and a few questions. But definitely apply. It won't hurt to apply. You can always um, decide when you get accepted or not if it is something you want to move forward with or not. Okay, yeah, so you mentioned Detroit Mercy, and I know that's one of the schools you applied to, interviewed at, get accepted to. Can you talk a little bit about how many schools you applied to, if you have any application or interview advice for people? Absolutely. So I applied to five schools. It was the two in Michigan, so like you said, Detroit Mercy and the University of Michigan. I also applied to Marquette, which is in Wisconsin. So I applied to Pittsburgh, which is in Pennsylvania and Colorado, which is in Colorado. So I applied to five. I interviewed at four and was accepted to all four that I interviewed at. The only one I didn't even get an invite to was Colorado, but that's okay. We're at Michigan. We made it to dental school. That's what's important. But So those were the schools I applied to. Um, some advice for the interview or application process, I mean, is definitely start early. Right when the application opens, I think it's normally like two or three weeks before you can first even submit it. Start early, get all the transcripts, the grades in, all your extracurriculars. Another big advice that I would give to other pre-dentals applying is maybe have like one or two friends or some kind of support system or group me that is also going through the same thing like applying because I remember when I was applying I had so many questions and I was like oh my gosh who do I turn to and obviously Haley was also applying I was like this is perfect I'm gonna ask Haley <laughs> so I would ask her like oh my gosh how do we like request a transcript from MSU or how do we send it are you sending electronic or in person like just tiny little questions I would ask her and we'd just bounce ideas back and forth or oh I'm doing this I'm doing that and we'd ask other individuals too because we had a group me that we all created that other applicants were applying during the time. So we just thrown in the group me, someone had an answer. So it was really beneficial to kind of have at least a few others in the same boat applying the same time you are. So with applications and DAT and just being pre-dental in general, there's lots of like struggles and challenges. Did you have any particular like discouraging moments or setbacks and like how did you get through it? Oh, absolutely. I was always discouraged. I felt like I was almost never good enough because there was always someone with a better DAT score than I got, a higher GPA, one extra club they did, or more volunteer hours. So 
I would kind of discourage myself by looking at others. So a big piece of advice, and I'm sure you've heard of it before, is definitely just kind of focus on yourself and what you have to offer. And remember, like, why are you doing dentistry? So like being able to focus on you and just like, you know, this is the GPA I have. I did my best. I'm applying with it. Like try not to look at others and how they're doing. Really focus in on yourself and you know, like the schools you're applying to and your interview process and just try not to get into your head too much because that's like, that can be a big downfall. I remember one of my last semesters at state, I finally got like my, you know, overall GPA and I cried because it went down and I was like, I'm not going to get into dental school anymore. And I was like freaking out. And, but then I realized you're fine. You're still, it's still a good GPA. Like stop comparing yourself to others. So That's my biggest advice is don't look at others. Just focus in on yourself and how you're doing. And we're going to end with the classic question, why dentistry? Can you give a little snippet of like why you want to be a dentist particularly? For sure. So I always wanted to be a dentist like since fourth grade because my reasoning back then was, oh, I want perfect teeth. But obviously that was like fourth grade reasoning. And over the years, like my reasoning like matured and the my why uh, developed. So basically, I think being an expert kind of in your field, such as dentistry and being able to create or like construct and make dentures and teeth and crowns and all that cool stuff. Um, I also wanted to be able to help patients with pain, like if they come into the office, like I wanted them to leave the office hopefully pain-free or have a plan for them of how we're going to fix the, the problem that they have and come up with like the best possible solution, along with like being able to give back to the community through volunteer and help um, through different like programs like Mission of Mercy, because so many people go without like proper dental care because they think it's such a luxury or they can't afford it, but really it's just basic health. So being able to just offer more options for people or like I guess like lower costs or be just being able to volunteer in communities and just outreach programs like a big thing with dentistry that's so valuable in healthcare and like we need more outreach stuff so I think through dentistry that's a big thing so dentistry isn't just like about the teeth it's also making sure your patient is like healthy systemically and it all starts with the mouth like that's how um you know, you're eating and like putting things in your mouth and making sure like we're one of the first people. We're kind of like the frontliners almost, I think, of like healthcare because their patient's going to hopefully come in and every six months like they should. And you're kind of be the one you're kind of going to be the one of the first people that sees them versus maybe like their primary physician. So being able to identify problems early on to help them in the long run is a big thing with dentistry. And I think you can help them not only like with oral health, but just like systemic health. So that's probably like one of the big reasons. I know that's kind of all over the place, a little confusing, but I hope I got like my point across or like my why kind of. No, yeah, that was good. And I think a lot of people like similar things about dentistry for like different reasons. So I liked a lot of the stuff that you were able to touch on. Um, do you have any closing thoughts or final advice or do you feel like you covered everything? I think I got everything I wanted to get out. This was my first podcast, so sorry if I sound a little nervous or I talked too fast or it was just kind of all over the place. But thank you so much for having me on, Haley. It was really fun and exciting, so hopefully I can do some more of this in the future too. Yeah, it was so much fun. Thank you. All right, so that is everything from this episode with Amanda and I catching you up on D1 Fall, how University of Michigan is doing it, how we're adjusting 
from this being our second semester of dental school and then also getting to know Amanda a little bit in her journey. Next week, we're going to have an official guest on, not just a little snippet with my roommate, but we're going to have an official guest again. It is Dr. Jordan Brown. He's a general dentist that just graduated this past May from the University of Michigan School of Dentistry, and he is doing a AEGD program in Florida through University of Florida. So he talks a little bit about that, and he's also in my opinion, pretty huge on social media, on Instagram and everything. So we talk about his platform there, his goals, how he plans to move beyond dentistry. And we also talk about the importance of black dentists and dentistry and what students can do to try to push for more diversity within their schools and to hold their schools accountable for making that a priority. So I think you guys are going to find this episode to be super insightful. I'm really excited to share it all with you. And on that note, I will talk to you next Monday.